Joe, how are you? Hello, Mitch. I'm very well. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, day four. You get the gist now. We are doing 12 days of Christmas specials. They're all based on A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And this is day four. It's a movie called A Christmas Carol, the motion picture or the movie? No, the movie. The Christmas movie. Carol. The, the movie. movie. Yes. From the year 2001. It's animated. There is so is. many out there. So you just type in the Christmas Carol or a Christmas Carol into IMDb. There are so many. Even just from the last two years, there's actually quite a few. Yeah. So, yeah. So this one is from 2001. And the biggest name, I suppose, would be Nicolas Cage, which is what we wanted. And I thought, oh, imagine Nicolas Cage is Scrooge. How cool would that be? But it's, he's not Scrooge. No. He's Jacob Marley. And I thought, even better. Because, I mean, remember, the Jeremy Sim one from the one you did years ago where Alistair Sim Alistair Sim not Jeremy Sim who's Jeremy Sim he was in Chances wasn't he got his bum out a lot he was anyway (laughs) Alistair Sim wasn't that Marley where he was a bit nuts like screaming and ranting and raving and I thought oh this could be perfect cage I was so hoping that the ghost would come in and go how did it get burned but no he didn't do that he didn't unfortunately he was a fairly subdued cage performance it was a little bit there but I was hoping for more but anyway, so so this is a very like yesterday's episode was very non-traditional with you Roddy could Piper. Definitely say that. Um, this is very very traditional, very very apt, uh, very close to the source material from what I can gather. So so let's get down to it, Boppers. What did you think from the start? What are you thinking? I wasn't a huge fan of the animation style. Yeah, and there was a couple of little things in it that kind of pissed me off a little bit. I didn't like the animated yeah. mice. Shots fired. Hey, hey, hey. Straight in, the mice weren't necessary. I, Fuck the so, mice. I agree with you. They, exactly. They, they me. So Scrooge like, is carrying on and he has these two little mice that hang out in his pocket and he talks to the mice. And I was thinking to myself, yes, they've obviously put them in to kind of encourage children to watch this, but I didn't think the mice were necessary at all. So that's my first takeaway from it. My other big gripe about it is actually aimed towards Nicolas Cage himself in the fact that everyone kind of spoke with their English accents except Nicolas Cage. He just let pure Nicolas Cage come out uh, in his voice. I think this is as good as he gets when it, when it comes to trying. I think he tried. It's very Keanu Reeves in Dracula sort of accent. So yeah. I, I think he had a go. It wasn't much of a go, but I think he sort of tried. Hmm. Other than that, I will say, yes, it is quite traditional, but they did kind of dwell a bit more on the backstory of Scrooge and Belle. I I thought they really covered that in more detail than any of the other versions I can remember seeing, even like the last time we did the 12 days on A Christmas Carol. Because I just felt that it took a long time to get going because they were kind of stuck in the backstory a bit too much. Well, did it ever. Yeah. Like I, I think I made some stuff up as well because I've, I've, I've listened to the audiobook of it once, so I have yep. read the original source. And they built up this whole backstory where he was buying. He's a moneylender because we never really understood what he did as a job. Did we? Well, they kind of just say he's a businessman, but yeah. I, I don't know if they really go into detail in the book about what he. No. Is. So in, in this, they establish that he takes on debts and things like that. He 
buys people's debts and you know, essentially collects yep. rent. They set up this big part in the start with Belle working as a nurse or something at a hospital that is sort of helping yep. the poor and destitute and all that sort of stuff. And essentially it starts off with all these the debt collectors coming around saying, sorry, I had to sell your debt on. It's the only thing I could do. I sent it to Scrooge. He's a lot more scrupulous than me. That sort of thing. So that established early. Then you you got to meet your Bob Cratchit. You got your Fred and all that sort of stuff. Yep. The people came and asked for money and he goes, don't you have other poor houses still going, you know? And all that sort of shit. Yeah, all exactly. that's all so that's still there, but they added these mice that didn't talk. Yeah, they just squeaked a bit, and they seemed to be everywhere that they needed to be. And he was nice. That's the only thing he was nice to was the mice for some reason. Where you think he's such a miserable ass? Why is he letting the mice go? Anyway, but it takes twenty eight minutes before we even get to Marley. That's how long of the build up of all this stuff is. Yep. A bit over the top, if you ask me. Considering the movie itself runs for about an hour and 20 minutes or something, it's about 81 minutes long. And as you say, yeah, it's 20 minutes, more 20 minutes plus before we even get Marley. I, I just thought, yeah, there was just too much backstory and then they tried to compress the rest of it into the rest of the movie, which kind of didn't work for me. Yes. I mean, it, it, it was strange in that way. Like it, it dragged on a bit, like because it was a motion picture and we've seen plenty of versions where they're full length motion picture. But it's sort of almost they added the extra bell storyline to pad it out and they added the, the mice in to pad things out as well. Because as we as we saw in day one, you can tell this story in 11 minutes if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, so to pad it out to 80, they had to go to extra lengths to do so. We get the gist. All right, so so let's talk about the the cast before we get into the ghosts. So Simon okay. Callow is is Scrooge in this one. Now he's I think quite known. He's been in lots of things like Shakespeare in Love, Four Weddings and a Funeral. He's in The Witcher. He's actually in Hawkeye. Okay, I, I thought the name sounded familiar. He's def- definitely recognisable. Been around, done lots of things. So he is playing Scrooge. Kate Winslet plays Belle. Nicholas Cage, as we said, plays Marley and. Michael Gamble, he is the ghost of Christmas uh, present. Yep. And Robert Llewellyn plays old Joe and he's Crichton from Red Dwarf. Oh, okay. But yep. I don't know how old Joe was. I didn't really notice him, to be honest. And Fran is played by Beth Winslet, who I'm assuming is Kate's sister. Probably. And Dr. Lambert was played by Arthur Cox. And I just want to say that because Cox is funny. Yeah. You've also got Jane Horrocks in there, who, again, is one of those names that I can recognize as being an English actress. I'm sure I've seen her in something. And uh, the other dude that plays one of the other ghosts is, is Reese Iffens, or Iffens, I think is pronounced it, who is a Welsh actor. And he is also the frontman of the Welsh rock band Super Furry Animals. I wouldn't have known. Who was, he was in uh, Kevin and Perry Go Large and Notting Hill are the two things I remember him from. But he's a very Welsh-looking redhead man. Uh-huh. But anyway, he plays one of the ghosts. As Fellow well. countryman to you. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, some of the things they do differently in this one, as we said, we see Belle working in the hospital. She's kind of still got something for Scrooge and she tries to send Scrooge a letter pretty much asking for money to help the hospital. Basically, yeah, because he's taken on the debt. So she's trying to say stop the hospital from being closed down. That's what that's Yeah, there's still lots of sick kids. We need money for the hospital. So she tries to go and see Scrooge, but um, he's not in the office when she goes to see him. So Bob Cratchit kind of takes the letter that she's written and leaves it laying around. And then that's where the mice kind of do their little MacGuffin bit because it's the mice that give him the letter. He drops yeah. it, doesn't matter. So the mice pick it up, put it in his pocket. The, they, he goes home. This is just before he sees Marley. He's got it in the pocket. Yep. The, the mice are in the pocket, notes in the pocket. When they get there, they come out and they take out the note and put it there for him. And he goes, 
supposed to read it and that's sort of when Marley turns up. So it keeps putting him off. It keeps putting off reading yep. it, that sort of thing. But the mice are still there to remind him constantly throughout. So we, mm. we get out Bob Marley and that's Nicolas Cage. And he's not too bad. He's kind of creepy <laughs> and weird. I mean, I, w- I wanted more crazy Cage. I think they did this differently as well because Marley turns up while he's still in his office. Yeah, first. And I, I don't mm. remember Marley doing that in the office in many of no, the other versions. Most of the seen. versions you see his face appear in the door knocker. And then you see him in the Well, apartment. they still do that, but he's already talked he's already to him and told once. him yeah. about the chains and all that, the usual carry-on. Yeah, so they sort of play, play it around the time on that one a little bit. But it was kind of interesting. Yeah. And he talked and, about the chains. He had everything locked onto him. And then he gets dragged away by a bunch of ghosts as he's at the end. Hmm. He's, yeah, taken away saying, yeah, you've got your seven years on me. Your chains are going to be super long. You, you asshole, basically. Yeah, and actually something else they don't do in many of the other versions we've watched as well. The, the Cratchit family are going around carol singing and Scrooge actually throws a bucket of water out the top story window of his office and covers Tiny Tim yes, with water, which they have, causes him to get a bit more sicker. Well, yeah, because he's, he's just got home from the hospital, I think they said, because he, he was okay. Yes. He just got better. He comes home and then they're caroling and, and Scrooge humbugs the shit out of him and throws a bucket of water out, <laughs> totally gets Tiny Tim in the snow and he gets pneumonia in a day. You know, well done, Scrooge. You ass. Yeah, I mean... Immunocompromised little tiny Tim. Yeah, we didn't know what was wrong with him. He was always sickly. He was lame. But we don't know what <laughs> what was wrong with him. But in this version, we actually get because they've got twenty eight minutes to play with backstory here. They actually Scrooge is part of the reason he's sick is because he gives him pneumonia. So it's a wonder he didn't give him syphilis. Maybe he like oh. threw his bedpan of water out the window on him because oh, yeah, that was a thing back in that day, wasn't it? Anyway, so. We get the usual sort of thing. Fred comes and invites him to the Christmas party. He poo-poos that idea and bar humbugs Fred and said, why would we want to celebrate and all that? So Marley comes in, tells him he's going to get visited by the ghosts. He goes home, sees the ghost on the door knocker, has a little bit of a, you know, it's not real. It's just an apparition. He doesn't mention the un- uncooked potato, which no, I, I always look forward we, to the uncooked potato. Me too. Line the for some the undigested piece of beef and the, and the piece of potato is... The two lines that I always look for. Mm. But we don't get that in this version, unfortunately. So Scrooge goes to bed. In comes the ghost of Christmas past, who takes him back to his youth, same as you would in any other story. Now, this is a good version of the ghost. Now, as we've said in the story, in a lot of the older movies, you cannot portray it the way it's portrayed in the book. And that is, it has an ethereal form that is constantly changing. So it's getting old and young and all this sort of stuff. So in this version, it's actually, it looks very female, which is rare. And it is getting older and older and younger it, it is aging and that in in motion which is pretty cool it is creepy at one bit because he sort of fobs the ghost off at one point goes to bed and it comes up from behind the bed screeching as this old lady and i was like that's kind of creepy that's yeah kind of cool I, I like that one yeah and yeah they they show as a child at school but something i i didn't see in a couple of the other versions as well they kind of make it look like his parents are going to come and collect him for christmas holidays but they don't no 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 that's the story yeah. the story is he's there because the parent essentially the he's, dad i think the mum died in childbirth so he remarried so he's sort yeah. of fogged off the, as the son put off to school and so the ghost takes him back to his school and he does the whole recognizes the boys from school yeah. and there's a nice transition like you, you didn't like the animation i know what you mean it's it's not the cleanest it's not disney clean no but there was transitions as it's flying away so you're seeing a street and then all of a sudden it becomes spring you know it was winter and snowy and then it 
the transitions as it flies over through London and then out to the to the school. And I thought that was kind of nice. Like it wasn't as clean and nice as it could be, but at least they tried. You know, they they went to an effort. Yeah. So so that's always been in the story where it's sort of like he's stuck at home. Everyone else is going home for Christmas, but he's the one who's stuck at school because the dad doesn't want him. But in this version, Fran brings him back home. Like Fran goes and collects him and goes, oh, your dad wants to see you for Christmas sort of thing. And we think, oh, maybe they're going to have a happy family reunion. But it turns out that his dad just wants to take him out of school to give him a job yeah, because he's organised the job with Fezziwig. But then as it turns out, his dad sort of says, well, you can send me half your wages every week from your from your new employment to yeah, pay I, back your schooling. I don't remember that much detail. Yeah in this, any other story going into that much detail. It's just sort of very quick saying your dad's this, he doesn't want you, he's organised that. Not only do we get an asshole kid saying, no one loves you, you're stuck here at school. What a prick. And then you get to they get to see his dad and his dad's like, ah, oh, you're a pain, you're a shit, you're a petulant child, you're a wild thing with no value, is I think the term he said. Yeah. And yeah, basically, yeah, I've organised the job, you'll be fine, you've actually done well at school, you're going to work for Fizzywig and you're going to send half your wages back to me. Thanks a lot. Ass. So... Hmm. So we, we get that, and that's when he does the whole Fezziwig thing. He has the whole ball, you know. He said, well, it's Christmas. Move the desks away. We're going to have a party and all that sort of shit. We get that jovial fun. But that's really quick, considering everything else is so dragged out. And- yeah, they put a lot of emphasis on the other stuff, but they, they gloss over that whole ball. Yeah, but he met he met Belle here, and they fell in love, and they do really quickly. But then he kept talking about his dad drank. Because the whole thing with Belle is he fell in love with this woman, but she was poor. Her dad was a coachman and he drank. And then we get the whole story played out that, you know, you know they were going to get married, but was her father? His father basically wouldn't allow the marriage because she was too poor, as opposed yep. to him asking for the prenup kind of thing. But oh, They do show the contracts, I think. Oh, they get that far? He, oh, that's right. Yeah, she calls he, it off. He gives her a contract. Yeah. And yeah, then, she, yeah I, I, she I release does you. the whole yes. Yeah, there's, there's more to life than money off you go sort of thing. And then that's when Scrooge kind of spirals into his Scroogeness that we all love and yep. are familiar with. And the beautiful, not beautiful thing, but the good thing about this one is the in only in the um, Disney's A Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, that one, did the Ghost of Christmas Pass have the snuffer? Because it's meant to be like a light, like a almost like a, a, a candle. Yeah. That's why it's changing shape the whole time. And it's carrying a snuffer, you know, the thing that you put candles out with, that sort of thing, a giant one of those. And that's what it's meant to be carrying the whole time. And at the end, when he's finished, he gets angry and angry seeing all these things in the past, saying, don't show me this, I don't want to see any more. He grabs the snuffer and snuffs her out. She actually snuffs herself out in this one. And that's the end of it. And that's when we get the end of the ghost of Christmas past. Yes. And then the ghost of Christmas present rocks up and... You're right. He is pretty much Dumbledore. He's big, bumbling, lots of hair. And it's voiced by Michael Gambon. So it's Dumbledore. You can't help but notice. Yep. It, it, that's all I thought about the whole time. It's like, yep, tell Harry to do something. Come on. Yeah, I, I kind of think they went over this one quite quickly as well. We didn't see ignorance and want. No. They weren't part of the story at all. What I think they did do well, though, is he did the whole taking them to see Fred and the Cratchits and showing them that Tiny Tim's got pneumonia. And they actually made a line that isn't in a lot of the versions, but uh, early on in the piece, when the people come to try and get a donation from Scrooge, he makes reference to the fact that why don't the poor people just die because that would clear up some of the surplus population. And when the ghost mentions that Tiny Tim's probably going to die from his pneumonia. He turns around to Scrooge and says, well, didn't you say the poor are better off dead? And uses his own words against him about, you know, the surplus population sort of thing. And 
similar to how in that Disney run we watched the Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol back the first time we did this, I thought it was pretty brutal the way they showed the gravestone of Tiny Tim with the crutch leaning against it. And then the crutch just kind of fell over. And I thought, well, that's, yeah, that's really is a metaphor for the fact that Tiny Tim's going to kick the bucket. Yeah. So I liked that part. There was a weird bit too when he first, when he says, grab my robe, which sounds very dodgy sometimes, but I'm going to say that to people and see if they'll come with me. They, he does another that? flying montage. And says, hold tenaciously to my buttocks. That's powdered toast, man. You know, they're flying through London, they're doing a bit, and you get a weird animation style where it's almost still images morphing into each other and they're going through London. There's two people fighting to get turkeys from a butcher and then they, he waves his the horn. It's actually an actual horn, not his horn. That would be weird. His horn over the people and they become all friendly all of a sudden. And it's like, oh, no, it's okay, everyone. You After you, after you kind of thing. And then they fly over a boat and the people are sitting there morose and then he waves the horn over them and makes them happy. So it's, it's a weird, it's like what they dwell on and then they condense other bits. It's a strange mix compared to other versions, that's for sure. So we get that. They go see Fred's party as per normal. And we get also go back to the story of the hospital because earlier on when they talked about buying the debt of the other guy, there was this dude, a near-do-well, that spoke like this and did all stuff. And basically he was the debt collector for Scrooge. So he was the one who would go around and like repossess the repo man, I guess you'd call it. Yep. So we actually got footage of that in Days of Christmas Present. He's, yeah, they're, they're, they're basically taking everything away from the, 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 um, the church. And she's like, oh God, Scrooge, didn't you get my letter kind of thing. Oh, yeah. and it's funny when they when they're at the Cratchits for the day. Tiny Tim's there coughing or whatever. Did you did you catch the line that the dad said to him when he was coughing up? No, I didn't hear that bit. He goes, "I'll oh, cough it up, Tim. It might be a gold watch." <laughs> 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 like, oh, okay, fair enough. And they're talking about one of the other brothers, and that's where that's weird how where they extrapolated on this that I don't remember on others where they talked about Master Peter, who's the oldest son who in next week is going to get, join the workforce and go and do all this sort of stuff. And what are you going to do with your four pence a week or whatever? And they said, invest it in the new world. It's like, ooh, interesting. And then fuck Scrooge, basically. That's what the mum, Mrs. Cratchit, she's like, fuck Scrooge. Yep. What a shit. You know, he gave him, threw water on him. What an arsehole. Yep. And then I, I yep. wrote the crotch drop. <laughs> Which is not, was that like a sequence you are talking about before? Yes, crutch job, not crotch. Crotch drop. drop. Yeah, okay. crutch. Crutch. Either so, way. yeah, and yeah, I think I might have got that bit wrong. It's the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come that shows him the crotch drop. <laughs> but yeah, at first Scrooge doesn't think he needs to make any changes and then he looks at himself in the mirror and he can say that he can see that the chains are starting to come on his well, that's, that's the thing. When we get the Ghost Christmas for the future, it's it's that black cloak figure again that points, doesn't speak. And we get a trippy sequence where it's like, he's pretty cool, but it's very painterly. It's not the animated style. It's backgroundy stuff and still, it's quite weird. But they go through the whole shit with these staff stealing his curtains to try and flee some people who knew him. Yeah, but that's in that's in a couple of other versions as well. I mean, that's all there. That's, that's the same stuff. Yeah. So that's all there. And, you know, and then he... Still, I'm still surprised when he's shocked when it's like, who are these people talking about? It's like, they're your staff. They're your curtains. Who the fuck do you think you're talking about, you dickhead? I don't know. It's just me. But it's just like, it's you, you fucking moron. (laughs) So the embroidered ES on the curtains doesn't give it away. Yeah. And then, I mean, then then he he finally sees the tombstone. It's like, fuck, it's me. 
oh, shit. <laughs> and freaks out. And then he wakes up in bed and does his old sort of thing. But like you said, he was, he was, it was, oh, it was just a dream. He hadn't actually redeemed himself at all. He was like, oh, cool, I don't have to change. And it wasn't until you, like you said, looked in the mirror and then a, a chain materialized around his waist. Was, oh, fuck. <laughs> it still could have been a fucking undigested potato. He could be just it could have been. still. So it's just sort of weird. And and then he goes through the whole rigmarole of what day is it, young boy out the window? And it's like, oh, it's Christmas Day, sir. Get me a turkey, send it to Gretchen's place, all this sort of shit. And then we get a fucking song. God, it's worse than yeah, the mice. I, I didn't think it was necessary. That fucking song. Uh, it was like, I, 2001, maybe Disney was still a big thing. Because this was a theatrical movie, I think. Yeah. And it made me think about it. As much as I do love this story, I don't know if it's a kid's story. Like someone's gone out of their way, they've made this as a big motion picture with big actors and everything. I don't think kids want this anymore. I love it as a story, don't get me wrong. But who wants a Victorian English or Edwardian, Georgian, I don't know what era it is. But Edwardian, story. I think. But for me, the best version of A Christmas Carol is always going to be The Muppets. And that is very much a kid's film. Yeah. So I think people are still trying to make this a kid's story. But, yeah, for me, this this one didn't work. I thought the kiddie bits were too kiddie and the bits that they dwelled on about his backstory were just unnecessary. Yeah, it was a bit too long. There was some interesting direction. There was a bit when Ghost Christmas Future, when they're all talking about him. So you had the, the Cratchit dinner table and it was all lit and they were all sitting around it talking about Tiny Tim. <laughs> you bet it was lit. Yeah, but then there was silhouette shadows in the background from a different angle and it was re- yeah. replicating the scene in the background. It was very like a theatre almost. Yeah. Then you had the bit where the old ladies you know, taking the curtains down and other people talking and they were all in silhouette except the person talking was lit and then the other person talked and they got lit and the other ones went to silhouette. And it was like, okay, so they at least had a go. So there were some nice elements to it, but yeah, the song fucking took me out. It's like, fuck this. Fuck you, Mars. <laughs> fuck that song. And fuck the whole Bell storyline. It was all too much. All too much. But yeah. But yeah. So, it was fine. So, it's not A couple of things. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of things it did well, but a lot it did horribly wrong. I mean, it's not that bad. I'm just getting angry for no reason. It's Christmas. I'm getting yeah. I'm getting antsy. It's Christmas. That's what you do at Christmas. Yeah, I'm getting antsy. I think it was an undigested potato. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was. But all right. Look, that's probably a nice place for us to leave this version of A Christmas Carol. Yeah, I think so. It was nice and traditional, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I'll be watching this again. Nah, I think You're right. There are much better ones. All righty. Well, thank you very much, Mitch. We will be back again tomorrow with another version. And I think tomorrow we're going to come back and we're going to watch a TV episode that is based on A Christmas Carol rather than natural interpretation of A Christmas Carol. All right. Well, you go off and enjoy the season, people, and I will be back tomorrow. Hello and welcome.
That's right. You can keep going. I can just cut my bit off. Throws me out.